0: I invite you tonight to open your Bibles to Romans, the third chapter, and we're going to look at verses 21 through 27. I'm going to talk to you this evening for a while on a message called The Meeting Place. Romans 3, verses 21 through 27, The Meeting Place. But now you'll see in these verses of Scripture that righteousness is being uh, emphasized over and over again. It says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned, all have come short of the glory of God, being justified freely, or being declared righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood everyone say faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God so he's emphasizing righteousness over and over again You're familiar with James 5, where it says that it is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much, or makes tremendous power available. So when we pray from our position in Christ, being in right standing with God, we are making much available. What does that mean? That means that things that were not available before you prayed become available after you prayed. That's a good word right there. We had a little prayer meeting. We just kind of christened Hallelujah Hallway up in one of our office hallways yesterday. We have a Hallelujah Hallway at the Thomas House, but now we've got a hallway right there. It's bigger, it's better. There were four or five of us running up and down Hallelujah Hallway yesterday afternoon. So what happened? Tremendous power was made available. And that which we were praying about turned around. Amen? And so I think to see turnarounds, we need to make sure that we know who we are and not just talk about turnarounds, but pray about turnarounds so that there can be a turnaround. Amen? One translation says that big things can be done through prayer. Things can turn around in the midterms. People that shouldn't be in certain offices, those things can turn around. Now we're not mentioning any names or anything like that, but I think you'd almost have to be dumb or dishonest or blind to see that there are some things and some people in offices that really should not be in there. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So big things can happen. Big things, big changes can happen through prayer. And so once you get a hold of your right standing with God and have it be a mindset, something that you think about, something that you talk about, something that you live about, it will affect your prayer life. Now notice in verse 26 and 27. He said to declare at this time his righteousness, that he might be just or righteous, and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Verse 28. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what? By what law? Of works? No. But by... The law of faith. Everyone say, the law law of faith. So boasting is excluded by the law of faith. Now, what is a, a, a law? Faith is a spiritual law. It works the same for all. Faith is no respecter of persons. It will work for you and it will work for me if we do the principles and walk in the principles according to the will of God. Now, in discussing faith, notice with me again this phrase in verse 25. It says, Whom God has set to be a propitiation through faith in His, what? Faith in His blood. Now, we don't use the word... When's the last time you used the word propitiation in your regular everyday life? Okay? We don't use that phrase very often, so I think it is worthwhile to define what propitiation is. Propitiation means reconciliation. It means a restoration to fellowship, to friendship, and favor. I'm going to say that again. A restoration to fellowship, friendship, and favor. It is good for you and me to be a friend of God. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, we sang that song for many years. I am a friend of God. So in other words, what this is saying, through faith in His blood, we've been restored. We have been restored to fellowship, to favor, and to friendship. Now notice with me another little thing here in verse 25, and we're going to have to look at it from the Amplified version to, to see it clearly. In verse 25 in the Amplified, says, Whom God put forward before the eyes of all, I like that, as a mercy seat as a mercy seat and perpetuation by his blood and then he goes on to say the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received through faith this was to show god's righteousness because of his divine forbearance he had passed over and ignored former sins without punishment but what i want you to pay particular attention to is the mercy seat romans 3 25 calls our redemption through jesus christ a mercy seat it calls it a propitiation now where have we seen the word mercy seat before Where have we seen that before? Well, in the Old Covenant, we see it in the book of Exodus, and I believe it's chapter 25, verse 22. And I'm going to read it from the King James, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Let's read together. And there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat... From between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things will I give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. Do you see there? He will meet with us. He will commune with us above the mercy seat. Now notice the amplified version of this. And we'll just, I'll read the first part. You don't need to read it. It says, There I will meet with you, And from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims that are upon the Ark of the Testimony, I love this, I will speak intimately with you of all which I give you in commandment to the Israelites. So God told them, I want to meet with you. I want to fellowship with you intimately. Not casually, but intimately. See, in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant was the place where the priests applied the blood of the bulls and the goats. that were offered as a sacrifice yearly for the sins of the children of Israel. But it was also a place of God's presence And of God's glory. Because that's where the blood was applied. That is where he met with his people. That is where he communed with them. What's the purpose of a mercy seat for us in the new covenant? I'm glad you asked. In the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter... It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain, what? Mercy "Mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Now, one translation says, Let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. So come with confidence, knowing who you are in Christ. Come with fearlessness. Come with boldness to the throne of grace to receive mercy. Where do we get this confidence from? We get this confidence because we have faith in the blood. Put a hand over your heart and say, I have faith. I have, faith. I have great confidence I have in the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. <laughs> What's Paul saying? I believe Paul is saying this. Through faith in the blood, we have a mercy seat or a place we can meet with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe that one definition we could coin for the subject of prayer is simply to have a meeting with God. I may call Pastor Tom in the morning. What are you doing, Pastor Tom? And he might say to me, I'm having a meeting with someone that is wealthy, someone that is wise, and someone who loves me a lot. And I know he's talking about El Shaddai. Because I know PT is a man of prayer. And I know that you are people of prayer. You see, when we look at it that way, it kind of takes the legalism and the drudgery out of, oh, I got to pray. You know, it's time. Pastor Mark said I'm supposed to pray, so I better pray. Just save it save it and get to a place in your life where you look at prayer as not a drudgery but a delight. You're having a meeting with God. I believe this, that one of the crowning achievements of redemption is so that you and I could have a meeting with God and fellowship with him. In the beginning, Adam and Eve had unlimited access to fellowship with him. They lost it. But Jesus came to restore it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He came to restore that fellowship with him. And might I add tonight that there are great, blessings in the meeting room <laughs> there's great blessings in the meeting place yeah, say it with me, there's blessings, blessings. Woo, in, the in the meeting place you talk about an instant change yeah. when the presence of the Lord comes upon you in your time to meet with him You'll see changes happening in your mind and in your body. That which bothered you shall no longer bother you, but the stillness of my presence shall come upon you and saturate your very being, and you'll leave that place carefree and fear free. For I am your God, and my hand is upon you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, there's blessings in the meeting place. So, in this meeting place, we're not just trying to get healed. We're having a meeting with the healer. There's a difference. Years ago, some of the really good teachers and preachers along the Word of Faith said things like this Many people seek healing instead of seeking the healer. Many people are seeking finances. Instead of seeking the financier. Now what does the scripture say? It says, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God. His righteousness. And what will happen? All these things shall be added to you. You'll find that in the meeting place, God will add some things to you. He'll give you that little... Mm, that little boost, that little extra strength that you need for the day or you need for the week. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12. So in this meeting place, we're not just dealing with the promises. I believe in saturating ourselves in the promises, but we're also dealing with His presence in that place. Ephesians 3.12 says this, In whom because of our faith in Him, we dare to have the boldness, the courage, the confidence of free access and unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. Hallelujah. Without fear. Without fear. When we access Him it enables Him to access our problems. When we access Him, the omniscient one, the all-knowing one, when we access Him, it enables Him to deposit into us what we need to know. And I really think that's the problem. That we as Christians really don't exercise our access as much as we should. Or as much as we could. And that's not a condemning statement. That's just a statement of fact. I mean, if you can't get people out of their pajamas and putting their coffee cup down at least once a month to come to church? What makes you think that they're meeting with God? You've really got a habit going on. You really got to be a super duper preacher to hold the attention of people in their kitchen in their pajamas. We want to welcome our online audience tonight. <laughs> this is a no judgment zone this is a no condemnation zone but honestly all of us can come up all of us can come up except Pastor Brent. I'm glad you (laughs) know this hallelujah the meeting place I like it don't you so again, this statement, when you access him, it enables him to access your problem. Now this word access literally means a formal introduction to someone who is royalty. Or someone who is in a high office. He's El- Elion. He is the most high so we're granted access jesus brings us in there how can he do that because you're one with him and he's one with you and you're identified with him and so jesus faith in the blood of jesus brings us in to the meeting place look we've been out to james chapter five i think we're doing pretty good james the fifth chapter and did you enjoy worship tonight I so enjoyed it. Praise God. Changed the complete atmosphere in the building. James the fifth chapter and notice with me in chapter five and verse eight. James the fourth chapter. James the fourth chapter and verse eight. Excuse me. It says, Draw Nigh to God and if he ain't too busy or if you've been a goody two-shoe no he said draw nigh to God read it rest with me and he will draw near to you yeah you'll do that too rest of that verse Pam was just reading it. Let's read it together. And he will cleanse your hands, he'll cleanse your hands purify your heart. You double-minded. So in that meeting place, things happen. Yeah, One translation says, come close to God, He'll come close to you. Get closer and closer. Draw nearer and near. Have a face-to-face where you cannot see anything but Him. You can't see the doctor's report. You can't see all the other junk that's going on, but you're having a face-to-face. Any of your kids ever come right up in your face and grab you by the ears and say, Dada. God loves us. He's our Abba Father. He's our Daddy Daddy. So don't let condemnation or sin consciousness keep you away from the meeting place. And if you haven't been to the meeting place lately because of sin get rid of the sin repent and pick yourself up and head to the meeting place because God's got some things He wants to say to all of us Amen face to face the closer I am to Him the easier it is to hear His voice Say it with me. The closer I am, closer I am to him, to him the, easier the easier it is to hear his face. Hear face. To hear his voice. Hear his voice. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> here, well, hear his face too. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? To hear his face, right? Right. Praise the Lord. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Glory to God. Well, let's give God praise. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Amen here's what david said in psalm 27 verse 8 david wrote about his heart's desire for the presence of god he said when thou saidest, Seek ye my face my heart said unto thee thy face lord i will seek david just wanted to be with god i just want to be with god i've got my meeting place in my home every one of you need to have a place where you can hear the whispers of God. Because He's always whispering. He's always talking. Now, I don't mean to get into a rut of ritualism or anything like that, but we all need a place where we can be not distracted. Look at Psalm 27, verse 4 and 6. And it says here, One thing have I desire of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle or His presence shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies around about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So God desires to bring us all in. And He doesn't desire to bring us in to whoop us. Or to work us over. You know? I mean, you ever had a mean relative before? I mean a relative that was just mean and your parents said (laughs) and your parents said okay we're going to go see Uncle So-and-So no, no, no last time we were there it was a bummer we do not want to meet with Uncle So-and-So we don't want to go anywhere near and that's the image people have had of God that's the religious image really that I grew up with the confessionals were shaking when I was in there I was scared man let's go over to you know so and so no we're not going there last time we were there we got scolded God is not interested in scolding us he is not interested in whooping us whooping us He's not. He has a way to bring correction. Yeah, that's true. That's right. But He's not out to work us over. In Colossians 1.20 it says... And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say, whether they be things in heaven or things in earth, and you that were sometime alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has He reconciled. Now notice in verse 22, ready with me, read, ready, read. In the body of His flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You know what God sees and how he views us? He sees us and views us through the blood of Jesus. How oh, that's good. I like that. So, what do you say? Let us live in constant consciousness of the blood of Jesus, no more sin consciousness. Let's come boldly to the throne of grace. In closing, look at Hebrews chapter 10. I'm glad I came tonight. How about you? Just stick with me just for a few more moments. In verse 1 it says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, And not the very image of the things that can never with those sacrifices which they offered year after year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. There was only one perfect sacrifice, and his name is Jesus. For then would they have not ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins? But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year, for, for for it is not possible that the the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offerings you would not, but a body you have prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Not my will but thine be done. Above when he said, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin that would not, neither has pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said I Lo, I come to do your will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish what? The second. By which we will, by which we will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering... He has perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that He had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I'll put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more. Now, where remission of of these is, there's no more offering of sin. When something goes into remission, come on. The doctor says it ain't there no more. Sometimes you got to go recheck five years later, but not with Jesus. Your, whoo, your past is gone. Your past is dead. You are, in fact, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Verse 19, here's what we wanted to get to. Having, therefore, brothers and sisters, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the vow that is to say his flesh, let us then draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. That means no doubt, no condemnation, no sin consciousness, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed in pure blood. Oh, let's stand up and give him praise.